Welcome to the Writers' Forum on WRBH. I'm David Benedetto, and today I'll be speaking with two poets, starting with Sky Jackson, who is a New Orleans native and has just released her first chapbook, A Faster Grave, out of Antenna. So, here that is. Hey, Sky, how's it going today? I'm well. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. I'm so glad to have you in the studio here. I'm so glad to be here. No, we've come a long way since a uh, short story writing class in college, I huh? I know. <laughs> it's so crazy whenever I think about that. It's just, it was like me, you, and then Jerry, and we're just all in this class together <laughs> serendipitously. Yeah, it worked out, I think. It um, did. And you're back in New Orleans now. Yes. You've just released your first chapbook. Yes. Um, A Faster Grave. And to kind of start us off, I was wondering um, how the poems in this collection kind of came to be. And I know you collaborated also with an artist for it. And yes. I wanted to learn a little bit more about that as well. Okay, awesome. So um, this chat book, I've been working on it for about two or three years now. And I started working on it when I lived in L.A. I just recently moved back to New Orleans in August to start an MFA program in the city. But I began writing it when I lived in Los Angeles, kind of... I'd stopped writing for a while. I was in law school and I just was writing intermittently. And then I kind of experienced like a block and I was just like, I don't know why I can't write anything or the things that I was writing. I didn't really like them, you yeah. know, so I was just I kind of distanced myself. And then I moved to L.A. and um, I started a relationship with a guy that I met there and I started writing it again. I guess something about the relationship inspired me or the circumstances of it. And this is just how it began. Yeah. And so from that point up until maybe last August or September was kind of like the culmination of the book. Okay. So it's about love. It's about change. It's about transition. It's about social media. Yeah. It's just kind of... To me, um, I'm trying to depict my own millennial struggles and try to reach other millennials because I feel like we are such a unique group yeah. of people and we have so many experiences and, and different challenges that I think most generations haven't had before. And so I guess I tried to capture that. Yeah, I think you do a good job about it, too. Sense. Yeah, definitely, you. definitely. <laughs> and I know for this book, it's coming out from Antenna, and yes. one of their big things is the collaboration aspect between both writer and artist. Yes. Uh, so how did you end up working with um, Santos Calavera? So this is a very interesting story. Yeah. So the artist that I work with is someone I've known for a really long time, maybe over 10 years now. Oh, wow, okay. And... I saw that Antenna was looking for chapbooks and that it had to be a collaborative project, but I had just moved back to New Orleans. So I really wasn't sure what was going on in the art scene. I didn't really, I felt like I didn't know who was still around, you know, and so I was just like, oh my God, what do I do? And I literally had like a week to put this together, you know, and I'm like, who can get me 17 images in five days <laughs> and so i ended up reaching out to santos and i'm like i know this is crazy but can you do this you know and he was just like fine guy i'll do it <laughs> like this is crazy why i'm like just do it you know i was like i'll tell you exactly what to draw you don't have to read anything i will give you a list just draw them and you will have to do nothing else i promise yeah and he was like oh and like he did it. I was able to get get everything in at the nick of time, yeah. literally. And 
the rest is, is history, I suppose. Um, but yeah, if, if it weren't for him, this would just not have happened. Yeah. So I'm really thankful that he pulled it together for me so last minute. I think that that's awesome. And I love that you like you had like planned what images you wanted to kind of be associated with. And it works really well in the book. Like I, I've been going through and reading through and I love kind of the back and forth with the art and your writing within it. Um how much of that changed from your original manuscript to the printed version we see today? Oh my gosh, it changed so much. Um, the biggest change that I can think of is the title. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I originally wanted to call it, I Bet You Think This Poem Is About You. I remember it because I did another uh, podcast with you featured yes. and I thought that was going to be the title. And then this exactly. came out, I was like, oh, I was wrong. You're like, wait. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was that another writer had a published a book on Amazon oh. with that title. And I was like, oh my God. Like my boyfriend was like, have you ever like Googled the title of your book? <laughs> and I was like, no, I actually didn't. Yeah. And so he was like, maybe you should. And I was like, okay. And then literally the first thing that comes up and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't need this now, you know? Yeah. So I kind of had to just like pair everything back and really just, Sit down with the book, with the manuscript again, and just go through it and say, like, what do I want this book to be called? Yeah. You know, so I ended up naming it after one of um, one of the poems in the book, uh, Faster Grave, which seems to be one of the more popular poems. Um People generally enjoy hearing me read it. That's good. Well, well you mentioned that. I was wondering, <laughs> I've got a copy of the book. Uh, if you would like to, would you want to read uh, that poem for us? Sure. Yeah. Should I read it right now? Yeah, please. Okay. I love that. <laughs> okay, awesome. So should I say anything about the poem before? If you want to, by all means, yeah. Okay, so this poem is called A Faster Grave. And, um, of course, it's what I named the chat book after. Um, and so I wrote this poem because I just moved back home and I just kind of crashed with my parents. And to me, it was interesting kind of like being in between their dynamics. Yeah. And also like having my perspective in the middle of that. Um, and so this is what this poem is about, oh, cool. basically. A faster grave. Did I tell you that my daddy just started a war on sugar? Wanted me to comb through each cabinet and trash all granulated specks. While you're at it, he said, throw out that white bread too. These things are killing us. But I contemplated a different death. The one I'd meet if my mama couldn't find the sugar cubes for her coffee or the bunny bread for her turkey sandwiches. Keep on listening to your dad, she clucked, and I'll dig you a faster grave. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, one of the things I really like about your work, and I'm kind of interested to hear about a processing for you, is that kind of observational nature that mm -hmm. you bring, kind of this idea of like looking at things, looking at people, and then kind of deciphering that on the page, right? Yes, yeah. um, has that always been your focus as far as writing, or how has that, that changed since you first started writing? Oh my goodness. I'm not sure. I, I started writing, well, seriously writing, when I um, was at NOCA years ago, yeah. and I felt like I was so bad at it then. Like, I would just write poems about the beach. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's sand on the beach, and it feels nice, I think. Whoa. <laughs> Water. Yay. You know? And so it kind of started from there. And then I think, for me, um, what has really helped me as a writer, I think, has just been 
living and having life experiences. And I think like that's enhanced my writing and, and just being able to go out into the world and see different things and just put myself into different situations. Like I kind of think of myself as kind of like a, a social scientist. Yeah. Like I'm like, if I do this, what will happen? If I say this, <laughs> what will, if I go here, what will happen? You know? Yeah. So it's, so my poetry is kind of like that. It's just kind of like supposed to be this sort of fly on the wall, sort of like, okay, Let's let's examine, let's observe. Yeah. You know? And so sometimes it starts off as just I have an idea that I'll put into my phone, like I'm making a note, and then the poem will come from that, or uh, it'll start off from some research on something that I'm doing, or a situation with a with a family member, or a friend, or a loved one, and then it'll just you know it just sort of takes over, I suppose. Yeah, I yeah. think that that's great. I love that, that those connections kind of draw themselves, and yeah. like you're at a point where you can practice that really easily, yeah. or not easily, but like you can practice it at least. Yeah, um, does that make sense? Right. <laughs> and, and I know you're going to be coming up on your second year at UNO for the MFA program. Yes. Um, how has working with people like Carolyn Hembry and kind of working within that cohort there? Yes. How has that helped your writing? How what what have you kind of gain from that at this point you feel oh my gosh you know carolyn is amazing i missed her a lot when i was on tour yeah. <laughs> it's so funny literally i think she posted a picture on a video on facebook it was like 8 a.m <laughs> and i like poked ben and i was like ben wait look at this video <laughs> like it's just like i don't even it, i miss her a lot yeah. um she really kicked my butt this past semester um, at some point, and I went to law school, so I'm like, oh my God, what the <laughs> heck? You know, it's like, wait, what's happening? Um, but she has just really been approached my work in such a, such a focused, laser-like way and helps me to see things that I hadn't seen previously. And we had a guest this semester, Toy Derricott, who mm. really, I think, had such a transformational effect on me and my cohort. Oh, wow. Um, and we just, were, we were all just, we all started producing like, like really great work. Yeah. And it was just like, just from this woman sitting in on our class one day. So I'm thankful to her for bringing in artists that really connected with us yeah. on such a level that we could produce more and felt comfortable and in, in, in a safe space to do that. Yeah. Um, my cohort is amazing. Um, I'm going to give them a shout out. Swiss McCall, Carmen Wong, and Isaac Lorenzen. These people are, we are just like so linked to each other now. Yeah. It's amazing. And I, I love their work and I think they're so amazing and I can't wait to see what they're going to do. And they're already doing amazing things. Yeah. So I think UNO has really helped us to just kind of, uh, get out of our comfort zones and carolyn has really been the catalyst for that yeah that's great, that's, great. That, that's cool it's one of the i i've never had an mfa myself but i know just from many friends that have done it is that you know your your cohort your people that network that you're building um that helps you so much and that that, that that's a lifelong kind of thing in most cases right yeah. you know that's really kind of cool it's true and i'm so proud of them like carmen she is working with nikki giovanni right now oh, wow. she got a fellowship to work with her this summer uh, Swiss just did a Summit 21, which is like this huge media conference. And Isaac has a uh, writing residency in Mississippi that he's doing. Like, we're all just doing things this summer. And I'm just amazed. And um, 
I think uh, other classes that graduated before us were kind of just like, oh my God, y'all are like crazy. Your first year and you're all doing these things. And she's like, hey, we just push each other and try to do good work. And yeah. that's it, you know? I love that. Yeah. Um, you, you had mentioned that you went to law school. Yes. Um, is that something you're still looking at as far as your future, becoming a lawyer? Oh, my gosh. Or working as a lawyer, I guess? I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. And actually, I was supposed to take the bar this summer. Really? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. But then the book got accepted, and then everything changed. And suddenly, I kind of had to shift my focus yeah. because I wanted to make sure that I was giving this a you know, Proper I'm like, attention. if I'm sitting in a room for three months studying, I can't really like promote my book or take it around. Yeah. So I'm thinking I will probably, but it will probably be when I get out of my MFA program, yeah. just so I can focus kind of on like here and now and what's in front of me and just yeah. being working on my creative projects. Because I had to think back when I was in law school, I wasn't really doing it. I wasn't really focused on my poetry. I focused on that. Yeah. And then after, and then I focused... So I'm just kind of trying to keep everything in its own partition places yeah. for as long as I can. And then, <laughs> but people have been warning me that I'm going to have to choose, you know? Yeah. So that's something that kind of is ominous, but I'm, I'm just hoping that the universe puts me where I'm supposed to be yeah. doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I think that that's good. It's good. <laughs> hopeful. That's a hard thing. I was, yeah. one of the things I was interested in is like, you know, you're not working in that capacity yet, or if you were to pass the bar and start working in a legal capacity, either as a lawyer or doing something associated with law, how do you think you would try and balance both of those things? Oh because I think it's really hard. It's really, really hard. Yeah, it is. And you know what? When I moved back home, I actually was working for an attorney. Um, I think it was like September, October-ish. Yeah. And it was so hard for me to balance my MFA with my legal work because I'm like writing briefs and doing, you know, and doing all of these different things. And I, I was really struggling. Yeah. And the attorney that I was working for would just like send me like a 500 page jury instruction packet and be like, I need you to read this by Monday. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I can't, but... Uh, you know, it's just there's like, the weekend. That's my weekend. Like, oh, it was like crazy. And so I was kind of just running myself ragged. Yeah. You know, and at that point, I kind of had to make a choice like, what needs to like take priority right now? Yeah. You know, and so I'm, I'm like, I'm in school. I'm trying to do the best at this that I can. So maybe I should just kind of like put this to the side until, you know, I'm ready to fully devote myself to that in terms that. of the future i don't know how i would i don't even know how i'm yeah. gonna do it i'm just gonna try <laughs> you just gotta figure it out right so, yeah i'm maurice ruffin does it so if he did i yeah. just <laughs> I, i'm just trying to be a baby maurice in this world <laughs> That's good, i think we should all try to be baby maurice in some way um, i get that um you hadn't been back to new orleans since high school well, I hadn't really lived fully yeah. in New Orleans since high school. Well, actually, I lived in New Orleans my first year of college because I was at Loyola. Okay. But then I transferred to LSU, which is when I met you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went to law school in Mississippi. And then after that, I just, like, absconded to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> and lived there. And so, yeah, it's kind of been my coming back 
yeah. moving back this past August. How, how is that? I know a, a lot of friends who, uh, my family's from New Orleans, but I grew up in Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. uh, but I have a lot of friends that grew up here and it's a very totally different experience for them coming back. Is it something like, how are you kind of embracing the city or like re reconstruing or construing it? In, let me say that again. <laughs> How are you kind of approaching the city as like this full-fledged adult, like now living here? Is it some a place that you kind of want to stay at or is it, you know? I love New Orleans. I grew up here. Yeah. And whenever someone asks me that question, I'm so conflicted about it. Yeah. Um, because I I feel like sometimes New Orleans doesn't always give them the most opportunities you know, like I see how things pro are progressing in other cities, and I wish that this city could be that way. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it will. Yeah. Um. And so I would love to to stay in New Orleans. I love New Orleans so much, and I never feel more at home than when I'm here. Yeah. Um. But you know, but I'm always open to whatever opportunity life might present. Like if someone's like, "Hey, will you come to Bali?" I'm like. I'll be there, you know, like I'm not like ever rooted to one place, yeah. you know, I'm all about the, the adventure. So, yeah, but then again, living in New Orleans is a constant adventure at all times. You can say that again, yeah. Constantly. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess I'm just excited to see what the future holds. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen, where I will be or, yeah. you know, but I, I am happy to be here. Yeah. I'm happy to be. I mean, LA is like my second home, so I would always be willing to go back there. Interesting. Okay. Um, and it was kind of bittersweet moving back because yeah. it's just like I got so used to like a certain sort of landscape and like having all of these things that I could do at a moment's notice. Yeah. You know, like oh, let's go to the beach. Let's do this. Let's, you know. And now it's like, oh, if I want to go to the beach, I have to like plan that and you know go kind of far or whatever. So, but it's it's fun. It's just different. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, to kind of switch it, pivot back to, to poetry for a bit. I um, kind of a general question, mm -hmm. but I I love asking these. Uh, <laughs> what What do you love about poetry? Like, what keeps you writing it? What keeps you reading it? What What brings you back? Oh my gosh, I think poetry keeps me sane. Yeah. And if I wasn't able to write or express myself in that way, I don't know. I don't know where I would be without poetry. <laughs> A poetry is kind of like my best friend, you Aww. know, and we just, we love each other, we fight, we don't get each other, we do get each other. It's just like, it just seems dynamic that I'm always trying to understand more about and explore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's always, poetry is such an adventure to me and just, there's so many things that I wish I could say about it, but I can't. And so many things that I would say say about it if I could say it but I yeah. can't and it's just like it, it's just like this whole world to me that I'm still exploring myself yeah. and figuring out so yeah it's just I don't know it's it's everything to me I, I suppose I think that's beautiful <laughs> I think that's really lovely um, is there a poem that you like read years and years ago that sticks with you and that you keep on coming back to Ooh, that is tough yeah We'll, we'll yes. make it, we'll go, go, go with that one, and then I'll have a follow-up for that. Um, there's a poem I really love by Charles Simic. It's called Eyes Fastened with Pins. Oh. And it's written from the perspective of um, death, but, like, as a businessman. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so he's, like, his wife is at home, like, cooking dinner or something, and his daughters are setting the table. Meanwhile, he's, like, out in the rain, like, 
trying to get into a door that won't open or something. Mm. Like, it's just so interesting. And then he doesn't, but he doesn't have a dime to call his wife at home to tell her that he's going to be late for dinner. <laughs> and she, and then the poem ends with the wife just like laying naked on death's side of the bed. It's just like this poem. And it's like, I, I feel like I don't really understand it, but I love it. And it's just like, am I, it's, it's so literal, yeah. but I'm like, what is going on? And I love poems like that. Yeah. And that is something I, keep coming back to and the observational nature of the poem is also something that I think I carry into my own work. Yeah. Also Frank O'Hara I'm obsessed with yeah. and his style is kind of one that I I think unintentionally mimic. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to. Yeah. Yes, I'm just like <laughs> I think I learned how to write better because of Frank O'Hara and wow. lunch poems. So uh, any of his poems I love as well and quite frequently go back to. Yeah, no, I, so, yeah. I, I love that. There, there are a few poems I, I always go back to. There's one by um, by uh, Rilke that I, I've read it over and over again. I've read it aloud. I, yeah. I've read it, you know, by myself. And there are certain lines there that I don't quite understand still, but I get such a joy out of reading them. And yeah. I get even just, there's some some sort of emotion or multiple emotions in a lot of the time that I, I get out of these single lines, right? Yeah. And I just like ponder them and think about them and they kind of stay with you. And I love that. Yeah. They're so, it's so provocative and so rich yeah. and there's so much meaning. But it's like, what did the poet intend? Yeah. You know, did he intend? And would they just shrug and you it, off and be like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, whatever you think is what it means, yeah. you know? Like, what? And so I'm always so fascinated by that. Yeah. And it's what keeps us coming back to to a particular poem. Like, what about it grabs us? It like, grabs our minds. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to do that. And especially in a culture where we're so used to fast media and just digesting and going on, digesting, going on. To, and, you know, what brings you back? What brings you back? Yeah, and it's like you're reading a poetry collection. I think one of my favorite things is, like, read three poems, put it down, right? Yeah. It's just like, because if you're just, like, going through, like, especially if it's a dense book, it's yes. just like, man, you're not taking that in. You're just, like, trying to get through pages. Exactly, yeah. exactly, which is something I've kind of had to contend with, like, being in my MFA program. Yeah. It's kind of, because I like to kind of sit with things, but it's like I have to, like, really go through things super fast. Yeah. And, and so I'm just like, oh, I, I don't always appreciate that, but... I think it's good, you know. It gives you a strength in other directions, exactly, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Oh, cool. Well, Sky, um, our, our interview is sadly at an end. Oh! Um, but as a final question, final send-off, mm -hmm. uh, I'm wondering what are you reading right now, and also are you working on any new projects? Oh, oh, wow. This is a big question. I know. So um, I just received in the mail um, this poetry collection by uh, a British author, Jamaican-British, um, Raymond Antrobus, The Perseverance. Okay. So I started reading it last night. Really good. He's a deaf poet. And so a lot of his poetry centers on how when he was a child, no one knew he was deaf. Oh, wow. And, and a lot of the book is actually, there's signs in it. And, and oh. it's like, I think it's so beautiful and so amazing. And I think he just won a Ted Hughes prize, which is like oh. huge like amazing and was in the guardian so i'm okay. like i have to get this book <laughs> yeah, yeah and actually he just married um a local um new, new orleans girl tabitha austin who went with us to lsu she was at lsu with us oh, okay, that's I don't know if you've been familiar. okay. Yes. 
So they just got married. Cool. And so I'm just like, what? I just, this, is, this is great. Like, what? You know? And so I was like, I'm buying this book now. So I bought the book. Um, another book that I'm looking at is When You Learn the Alphabet by Kendra Allen. I saw her at Dogfish. Okay, yeah. And thought she was phenomenal. So I've been carrying that book around. Um, Chen Chen's book. I'm reading that. I'm just kind of like jumping around through all these different things. Yeah. So I'm just so excited about like the future of like the literary world because yeah. it's like I'm I'm so proud of these people and their work that they're doing. Yeah. Um in terms of what I'm working on right now, um I I guess I just need to do more writing this summer, yeah. which has kind of been hard because I've been traveling a lot. Yeah. Um but I want to sit down and just kind of record my experiences that I've had so far um on this tour that I've been on and just kind of see what I get from that and maybe turn that into something. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I don't have anything specific planned um but you never know i could wake up tomorrow and write 50 poems who knows we'll take it right (laughs) you know when when it strikes it strikes that's good exactly awesome sky um thank you so much for stopping by uh i know you are heading i guess overseas next right yes so i'm supposed i'm flying to berlin on thursday i have a gig in Berlin next week on the 27th. All right. And then I'm leaving Berlin for Paris on the 28th. And I have a gig in Paris, seven, I think on July 14th or something. Okay. Yes. I'll be at Shakespeare and Company if anyone wants to find me. To pass on through. It's a great bookstore. <laughs> yes. I hope people do. Um, well, Sky, thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. This is awesome. <laughs>